Alright guys, this new episode is on health myths. Um, I have taken like a week break um, a couple times now, oh, taken a week off, and it's because I want to make sure I have enough to say around the theme. I like the themed idea. I hope it makes it more interesting for you. Um, as to my relationship, you know, there's people who tell me I should do an email, people who tell me I should do put more effort into my podcast, etc. Um, I'll talk more about this on an episode I have started writing or notes on called about entrepreneurship, but um, it, you know it it doesn't necessarily match my philosophy to um, to pick something um, unless it's coming from within me or within the individual. So this is more again just to communicate with Facebook friends. Uh, but anyway, so health myths. The first one I want to tear down. And by the way, feel free to Google things I'm saying and, and feel free to message me or write on my wall on the post if, if you disagree with what I'm saying. Um, but these are things, you know, to the best of my knowledge, usually I've looked them up and that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm always right, but I try to have some basis for what I'm saying that's that's scientific. So anyway, the first thing I, myth I want to bust is that there's such a thing as a healthy food. And the first reason you may have heard me talk about is that the definition of health is kind of nebulous. You know, the kind of definition you'll find on the wiki and the World Health Organization is like societal and mental and physical well-being. Um, so it's it's kind of nebulous. It's not very precise. Anyway, you know, if you have high blood pressure, does that mean you don't have well-being? Um, if you have no other symptoms, I don't know. So it's it's almost a philosophical question. But as far as food, it, we can be a little more precise. So I'll tell you this. Um, if you eat too much so-called healthy food and you don't burn the calories, you will gain fat. Now, that's harder to do on so-called healthy diets very often. But it, it is possible, and I'll give you an example, like... Let's say your diet, you believe veganism is the healthiest diet. There are obese vegans. Like, I, you know, I think we can all think of somebody who, or vegetarians. Um, there are, uh, you know, let's take paleo or primal. If you eat too much steak and too much fat, let's say Atkins. I think that's Atkins is where you can have unlimited protein and fat. If you have too much of those, you will gain fat. And I think we all kind of intuitively know that having more fat is not going to be healthy for you. Um, so I think that's the point I'm getting at there. And conversely, you know, if you have McDonald's one day or all day, but you don't gain any weight, then was it really unhealthy for you? And I'm not telling you to go eat McDonald's all day every day. I, 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 there's, there's probably long-term effects of that. But there is a doctor, a nutrition PhD, who wanted to show this, and he did what he called the Twinkie diet. And um, what he did was he didn't just eat Twinkies, but he he limited himself to like um, dessert type foods like Little Debbie's, Twinkies, things that were sweet. And, um, and he took a multivitamin with it. Now that's a big caveat because, you know, and he, and he had to do that for, for his health. But I guess the point is, uh, you know, and that's why you can't do this diet. So, so there's a question about what did he prove? But what he, what he did show is his blood pressure went down, his cholesterol went down, and he actually lost weight because he did it on a calorically restricted diet. And so by most measures, and yes, he took the cheat of the multivitamin, let's say, but by most measures, um, he got healthier. Um, you know, it's probably hard to 
identify a variable that got worse. Um, I can't immediately think of one as long as he was uh, tracking those things. And he's done this actually, I think he switched it to like pizza or something. So he's done this a couple times. There's another guy who took the diet from Supersize Me where the dude just ate McDonald's for a month. And he showed that you can lose weight eating McDonald's. And you can get have the same results where your, your, your blood pressure lowers, all those things, as long as the calories are low. So, and that, that goes back to my original health podcast. I don't think there's a secret here. Um, you know, I, most friends that get on a diet, that weight loss eventually plateaus. So it's not a magic trick. You know, it, they might lose some weight, which is great, but it's not going to make you look like if you're a woman, Cindy Crawford or, or somebody known to be really attractive, probably for either sex, you know? So there's no, I don't think there's a quick fix. Um, so just do what works for you uh, and consult your doctor, I, I, I guess I should say. Here's another myth I want to um, tear down, and that's the, this idea that muscle burns fat. Okay, strictly speaking, it's true, but if you look this up, what you'll find is that muscle actually only burns about six calories per pound, and there's an often quoted like 25 calories per pound, but that result is based on uh, what's known as lean body mass, in other words, the amount of your body that's not fat, and that includes things like your organs are included in lean body mass measurements and some of your organs are highly metabolic like your brain and your liver so if you google this you'll, you you i believe you will find that muscle like skeletal muscle um that you use for movement uh is uh it, it burns about six calories a pound and so if you do some quick math, you know, I think we all know that gaining 30 pounds of muscle in any type of time frame is pretty unrealistic. Um, you know, I've seen some estimates that that's the most you can gain in a lifetime. So uh, the idea that you can lose weight in, in a reasonable time frame by gaining muscle is that I can see is not supported by science. Now, if you are doing like a very strenuous workout that requires a lot of energy from you, usually that's going to mean your heart rate's high, then you might burn fat that way. So an example would be, um, I could believe that you're going to burn fat doing CrossFit because they lift the weights quickly and I think they take, uh, you know, few breaks and they're doing activity consistently for like an hour and a half. So if you're keeping your heart rate elevated, you might be able to burn, burn fat lifting weights, but it wasn't the extra muscle that that burnt that fat and the reason i tell you this is i think there's this idea out there that if you um just eat to build a ton of muscle that that's going to take care of your fat for you and that i can tell it doesn't work out that way and i haven't seen it work out that way for for a lot of people here's another myth i want to bust up um that guys should eat as much as possible to build muscle well I have actually looked up uh, meta-studies, which are studies of studies. And I think one study included, and I have the links to these if you ever need them, but it included like 35 different studies on the optimal amount of protein to eat to gain muscle. And it turns out that uh, the, and I believe this is the academic consensus because um, a sports nutrition PhD actually told me that this is the high end of what she prescribes to UF athletes. Uh, 130 grams, it's actually 80 to 130 grams of protein a day is 
um, the recommendation for physically active males, meaning females may need even less to grow the most muscle. Now, the highest recommendations that were found in studies were the classic, uh, uh, I don't even want to say that. I don't even want to support those notions. It, it, it can go up a little bit higher, but it's not, you know, I think most guys, if they've done the, the classic bulking diet, they've seen that, well, after a while, they figure out that what they were gaining wasn't muscle because their pants start fitting more tightly. Um, they lose definition and it's a little deceiving at first. You think it's working because on a lot of guys, the first five pounds, even if it's fat, it'll look good on you. And so, or it can because fat is distributed throughout your body, even on your limbs. But, um, if they do that for a while, usually they find out that, or they figure out that what, what they were gaining starts to accumulate around the waist. And then when they try to lose it, I'll be honest, most guys I know that do the bulking diets never fully lose it. Um, there are guys that bulking diet seems to work for, seem to work for, and those are, this is a made up term, but it is known as an ectomorph. And it's just a term used in bodybuilding circles to describe kind of a um, usually taller, very lean individual. And um, psychology people will know that that term comes from a psychologist that was trying to um, guess people's personality based on their body type. That has no validity psychologically, um, but there just there does seem to be um, different shapes among the populace that probably correspond to um, phenotypic, meaning genetic differences. So some people gain fat easily, some people gain muscle differently, and 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 these terms are kind of a shorthand. So example, ectomorph tends to mean like a long lean kind of guy that has trouble gaining muscle or gaining weight at all um endomorph tends to it's just a shorthand that bodybuilders use uh to refer to people that they have easy times gaining muscle but they also have an easy time gaining fat i think we all probably know a person like that usually people are a combination of these characteristics so i have a really tough time on my arms my other body parts seem to gain weight really easily um then uh, mesomorph is where you uh, don't gain fat easily, but you do gain muscle easily. And that's kind of, that's the guy who, you know, he seems to always, he, he never had trouble building muscle. You know, if he does it while he's young, you never know how long somebody's been training. But the muscle came on easy when he was young. The fat didn't start adding on. They just always seem to be in great shape. So kind of like a Brad Pitt body type. Um, anyway... So when I say bulking diets work for those ectomorphic guys, there's guys out there, ectomorphs are usually tall. So taller people tend to be skinnier, um, or at least they appear skinnier, and that's because they burn more calories. They have higher metabolisms on average. Um, and so those guys, the guys that have trouble gaining weight of any kind, be it fat or muscle, bulking diets, they tend to look great after. So picture like a beanpole guy, he starts eating, he starts working out, even if some of what he gained is fat, he kind of looked too skinny to begin with. So I'll meet guys that swear by those type of diets. Another thing that me and um, one of my uh, bosses, uh, Brad Pilon, we were discussing, we've noticed. So um, ectomorphic guys, so uh, 
fair-skinned and uh, uh, fair-haired people, so blonde people, they tend to be ectomorphic. So it's kind of like Northern European, Scandinavian look. Um, you don't really see too many of them that have a ton of extra body fat. Um, conversely, they don't tend to have a lot of muscle. Um, but those guys, when they start eating, start working out, they look great. But if you're um, endomorphic, where you gain fat easily, bulking diet just compounds your problem. So I know my clients, they recommend that you, um, you know, calorie restrict even while you're working out, lifting weights. And then even mesomorphic guys, um, the guys that they, they have trouble gaining fat, um, or at least uh, they, they find gaining muscle easy and they have kind of normal amounts of fat. It's still a pain in the butt once you gain that fat to lose it. Another thing is, is I have never uncovered evidence that gaining fat is necessary to gain muscle or that a caloric surplus, there's this myth out there, another myth we're going to debunk. You need to, the myth is, quote, that you need to gain or eat extra calories to gain muscle. I've heard this from people who they think there's even a scientific backing for it and they'll link me papers. It's, it might be true. There might be some truth. I'm, I can't tell yet that having a little bit of extra calorie, be it from protein, probably from protein. In other words, if you eat more than you burn, but if that extra came from protein, it seems that it might help you gain a little bit of muscle, even if you also start storing more fat. Because protein can become fat. There's a myth out there that it cannot become fat, and it can, okay? Um, but anyway... Uh, because it's carbon. It contains carbon. That's what your body uses. Uh, fat is a hydrocarbon. So when your body removes that nitrogen from that um, protein, and um, from the amino acids, uh, all that carbon is released and your body can store some of that. Um, but anyway, there are studies to the contrary. There are st plenty of studies that show that you can gain muscle even in a caloric deficit. In other words, that you can gain muscle and lose fat at the same time. So it is a myth that you need to eat extra to gain muscle. And there are guys who will say that it's more optimal. I cannot find studies that show you gain muscle faster by bulking. And in fact, you know, this has just been my experience. I, my boss was telling me about a blog of a, a trainer he read. Um, and the guy um, wanted to bulk. So he gained, he, he ate a lot and he gained 20 pounds. Then he wanted to cut. So the vicious cycle. So he went and cut. And when he finished cutting, he had only gained, and he did this twice, this cycle, by the way. By the time, the second time he finished cutting, the cutting for the second time, he had only gained one pound of muscle. So these have been kind of guy centric because usually it's the guys who want to get bigger. Um, and excuse me if there's females that want to as well. I'm sure there are. But um, to, to do one that I think will include more female audience, there's this idea out there, and I think it's starting to go away, but it's the idea that women don't need to lift weights or, or lifting weights is just cosmetic. Um, it's not. Everybody should be lifting weights at some time, hopefully, probably consistently in their life. And it's not for losing fat. Um, the reason that you should lift weights is because there is something known as sarcopenia. And sarcopenia is uh, age-related muscle loss or muscle wasting. And what they found is, this is the stat that I read, um, you lose 
This is on average. So if you are a person who lifts weights a lot, this will not happen to you, maybe at all. Um, I don't. I just know the av- population averages. So by 30, you'll lose 10% of your muscle mass. By uh, 50, you'll lose 30% of your muscle mass. And the stats said that at 70, you'll have lost 50% of your muscle mass. Now, why is that important? Well, this is part of why people get frail. And the, what, I, what I have learned is that this is not a certainty. I'm sure there's a point at which everyone's body will break down. But we wouldn't expect that it would be at 30 and 50, but people show muscle loss. That because they're not using their muscles. In other words, if you use your muscles, you're going to be able to keep more of that stuff. And it it concerns me. You know, I I saw a woman at um, a uh, Schlotsky's Deli one time. So this was a little while ago, and she was having trouble opening a bag of chips. And she looked like an otherwise healthy woman. She was dressed up, and she was she was older. I mean, she was probably 60s, but she looked otherwise, you know, totally mentally with it, obviously. And she was having trouble opening a little bag of chips. And then, you know, I'd like to say it was just women in their 60s, but my mom was in her 50s, and I saw it happening to her. So, um, and the point is not to say anything bad about these people. It's just, uh, this is why I encourage everyone should be lifting weights. And it'll help you with your quality of life. Oh, this is another story that I think will impress upon you the value of lifting weights and how aging, some of parts of aging are avoidable. Um, my parents own a senior care agency and they go out to people's homes. They send caregivers to people's homes rather um, to do work in the home. Uh, you know, sometimes just companionship, but helping them with other things too. So anyway, um, the from time to time, um, clients will get injured or we're hearing from them right after they've gotten injured and they're not getting injured while we're there. They're, they're just, they've taken a fall and, um, people, uh, you know, they need physical therapy. And the point of this is, um, after physical therapy, there are people that I have seen that they're in their nineties and they go, they go into physical therapy because they've broken a hip. And when they come out of physical therapy, they were better off than before they broke the hip. In other words, the frailty that happened to them was due to lack of use. So if you just use some of these, um, use your muscles, lift weights, you can avoid some signs of aging. And I don't have data for you on just how good it can get, but I know that There's examples of people who needed walkers before their injury. In other words, not related to their injury. Then they go into the uh, nursing home because that's sometimes if if you need physical therapy and you can't walk around, they'll 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 have you stay there for two weeks or it's or a while. When they get out, they no longer need the walker, and this is after they've broken a hip, so something intense. So, anyway, please guys, try to lift weights. We're all human. We all have multiple priorities. And it's not too late. Again, if 90-year-olds can do it, you can go in and do it. If you have an injury, people say they don't go in because of injuries. I've been to physical therapy twice in my life. They can fix you up. So your injury doesn't need to be the reason that you don't exercise anymore. Here's another one that's for everybody, in my opinion. It's the idea that exercise is just for your body. 
Um, exercise is not just for your body, and in fact, it might be even better for your brain. And let me explain why. Um, the data shows that unless you do a lot of exercise, it is difficult to lose weight just from exercise alone. Um, however, data also shows, I have a Scottish meta study, a study of studies that shows that there is improvement in mental well-being and positive mood from doing just three minutes of exercise a day. And um, this is this is incredible to me. So um, don't just do exercise for your body. And here's and and you don't. The other thing I want to dispel, myth I want to dispel, is that you need to do a lot of exercise to improve your life. And that is not true. I know I just said to lose weight, but there's other benefits of exercise and losing weight. And the mental well-being, as I said, kicks in at just three minutes. So it's a shame. And and obviously, if you do more the the improvement gets even greater um i'll give you a physical improvement from exercise uh, physical exercise changes the expression of your dna to be younger dna and i'll explain that so um everybody knows we have dna and this dna uh, dna is contained in chromosomes um but basically so you know that double helix strand and it's filled with all these proteins and the structure, the order of those proteins tells your body, the RNA, which proteins to create. This is roughly what I recall from biology. And, you know, everything in your cell, the organelles, everything you need is made of proteins. So um, here's the thing. Um, apparently around 80% of the DNA in your body is inactive at any given time. That means it's not being read from by the RNA to create proteins. In other words, it's having no effect on your body. It just sits there. Um, well, some of it can be expressed through your habits. And this is part of epigenetics, which is the study of external influences on your genes. So if you smoke a lot, that can express DNA and that DNA will be bad. This isn't the only bad thing for smoking, but a lot of that DNA is going to be DNA you don't want being expressed. We don't know why we have DNA that we don't want. We just do. Maybe it's for millions of years of evolution. Maybe it was useful to an older organism. Um, another example, drinking, high stress. Those will express different parts of your DNA that weren't expressed before, and they're going to make things like inflammatory proteins that aren't good. But here's the positive side of that. If you exercise, it's going to increase pro. Um, the DNA expression that you do want. So anti-inflammatory proteins, stronger muscles. So, so DNA is part of what controls the health of your muscle. It's going to make it more, give it more endurance, you know? So anyway, it'll make you, um, you'll feel younger if nothing else. And then it also affects your brain. And, um, so back to the well-being, they have evidence that, uh, cardio exercise exercise that causes increased circulation basically that it can not only delay but it might be a cure for alzheimer's and you know that's premature but there is a scientist at the ucla i believe it's called the bruck brain institute at ucla and the researcher they're working on the research now but he unveiled some early research from it that showed that they have 
reversed Alzheimer's in individuals that have the Alzheimer's genotype. So I think there's about four different genes that are highly correlated with Alzheimer's or maybe causal. These people, the people in their studies all have it and they reversed symptoms. He said some of the people in their study returned to work and it was like a 40 point pan, but a big part of the plan was exercise. And so I was telling this to somebody at the movie theater one time, believe it or not. And I say, I think people don't believe me when I tell them this, but it's true. Or I think it's true. And this, I hear a voice behind me go, I believe you. And I said, really? That's awesome. And she, she says, yeah, I totally believe you. And I said, why? So she said, well, I, my grandfather, she said his condition worsened. He has Alzheimer's and his condition worsened when my grandmother stopped allowing him to do walks around the neighborhood. Then too, she said, but also, and this one blew my mind. She said, it's so crazy, Anthony, but when he gets into the pool, he remembers. He remembers people's names that he had forgotten. And the reason is they think, and this is not just this one doctor, there's several papers on this. They think that the increased circulation allows the brain to remove proteins and um, it also blocks another protein um, that is bad. So the point is, this stuff is good for your brain, guys, and um, it's probably one of the safest ways to improve your mental health, well-being, your your cognitive sharpness that we have. You know, it's not it's 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 possible to OD from exercise. I don't want you overdoing it, but it is hard to do it, and there's all these great effects along the way. Um, so anyway, um, do it for your brain and just start, you know, I had a friend who told me he doesn't do exercise and I said, why not? He goes, oh yeah. Cause if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do 45 minutes of cardio, you know, half an hour lifting weights an hour. Uh, if I'm going to do it at all, if I'm not going to do that, I'm just not going to do it. That's crazy. I think one strategy, at least something that's helped me get back into exercise. Anytime I fall out of it is taking that baby steps approach. I always remember that from that Bill Murray movie. What about Bob? And the book was baby steps. And Bill Murray takes it to a stupid extent, but literally you could go outside your house and do a minute of jogging and that would be something, even if it's walking, you walk for five minutes, that would be something. Now, I do want to tell you that the more vigorous the exercise is, the more the brain benefits are going to be. And the way I know that is, first of all, they have mouse studies that show that mice that run um, or basically enter a higher heart rate state they have more growth in their hippocampus, which is the most well-studied area of the brain, and it's also the part most associated with memory and recall and cognition. Um, they have the, mo- the more vigorous the cardio, the more development that happens there in the brain. You can actually grow new brain cells from cardio, guys. It's called neurogenesis, and we really didn't know about it, I believe, until the 90s. It was thought that our brains were set, but it, that's not the case. People that do cardio, their brains grow more of these brain cells. But anyway, the other way I figured it out is um, I haven't found a perfect human analog yet, meaning like a perfect comparison yet between humans. But I did find that um, humans that uh, run have, uh, in one study, had, I think, like 15% development, greater development in their hippocampus, more connections in six months. And humans that walked for six months um, had 2%. Now that sounds, and here's, it was even more, and I don't want you not to walk because walking, and it depends how you do the walking. 
um, because my dad went, I went walking with my dad one time. He walks like a Navy SEAL. I checked my Apple watch. My heart rate was 130 from walking with this man. So he walks very fast. So it depends how you do it. And something's better than nothing. And if you're starting, sometimes just moving those limbs is very important. It's great for your head too. You know, you think about things great for creativity. But anyway, the, the, the running was much better. So if you can get up and not just running, anything that gets your heart rate up to like that, you know, let's say 150s is like really good. And I think for older people, they're not supposed to go over 150. Definitely check with your doctor and check with um, target heart rates. Just Google like ideal heart rate or target heart rate exercise for your age and I think basically you deduct like 10 beats per minute for each decade after 30 from the number 200 or 220 but you get the idea so um and listen to your bodies guys and 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 don't just take advice from me if you're worried about things do your own research and see your doctor that's very important all right guys last myth I want to bust up um because I'm a bit tired today um there is a myth out there. Uh, a lot of guys believe this um, that you should get as big as you can get. And I won't. I don't want to put words in people's mouths. But yeah. So there's something that happens when you go into the gym. I think a lot of us go into the gym because we want to look a little better. If we're being honest with ourselves, we want to look a little better, and we'd like to be healthier too. But something happens to guys. Guys, it's they get obsessed with being big, or they get obsessed with being strong. And to the, if they're not harming their bodies, I don't have any problem with that. But I think um, people conflate, meaning they combine the two images in their head. So they went in there to look a little better and they start to think that what looking better is is just being gigantic. And um, as long as they're not possessed of that notion, I'm okay with you being gigantic. But there is research on what actually looks better. And I think if we're being honest with ourselves, you know, we're really concerned about with what looks better to the opposite sex. I think that makes evolutionary sense. And like, you know, if we looked better to guys, but worse to women, and if you're a hetero guy, you probably wouldn't be as interested in working out uh, or getting big or whatever your goal was. And, and if these aren't your goals, that's fine. Before I tell you the research, if these aren't your goals, you know, if you truly don't care how other people think you look, you can ignore this research. If you're really working out just for you or you have, you're an athlete and so you're not working out for aesthetics, you're working out for this different reason or, you know, you have a goal. I want to run a marathon and I don't care uh, if that's not precisely the way that I eventually want to look. So there's a room for all of that, but I do want to expose you to this research and it came from my client. Um, they were actually in men's fitness for this. There is research on what the ideal look is for both men and for women to the opposite sex and uh what they find is it's a certain it's a in men it is a shoulder to waist ratio and that shoulder to waist ratio you're gonna rec you probably you're gonna recognize this number some of you it's 1.6 to 1 and the crazy thing about that is um that is that is roughly the golden ratio and the way they figure that out is they showed women, um, men with different shoulder to waist ratios. And what they discovered is, uh, that the most women respond to that 1.6 to one of, um, a little bit less respond to something a little bit bigger. And then when you, when you go smaller than that, it's fewer and fewer women basically. So as a guy, you're looking for a taper. You're looking to make your shoulders and your, basically that shoulder measurement bigger. Um, 
Now, that doesn't mean, guys, that 1.6 to 1 means um, that you can be, you know, 70 inches around and your waist can be huge, but as long as it's 1.6 to 1, in other words, that doesn't mean my waist can be as big as I want if my shoulders can be even way bigger. Because remember, it's based on the golden ratio, which I'm gonna, I may get some of this math wrong. It's based on a number called phi. It comes out of the Fibonacci sequence. This is also known as a golden spiral, but basically, um, a, it, it, it also corresponds to what's called the golden rectangle. And if you remember, so a rectangle has a height, a height and it has a uh, width and the uh, if you think of your waist as the width that means that the width has to correspond to a certain height in other words so like if you are a 510 guy your waist my boss figured this out you know um, both from the sexual these are graduate journals of sexual attraction that we're pulling these the this shoulder waist ratio thing from and then he also looked into the history of sculpture. His mom was an artist, so she exposed him to a lot of this stuff. David, um, this famous statue David is a 1.6 to 1 shoulder to waist ratio. And if you notice, he's still not huge. And that's kind of what the interesting thing about his research was, is um, the ideal shape for a man is not a huge, is not a huge man. It's a fit man, it's, but it's more like a Ryan Gosling look than a Schwarzenegger look. Um, so anyway, here's where that waist measurement comes in. To, to actually have a, a golden um, ratio in your body and to have a golden rectangle in your body, you want that waist to be, I believe, your waist measurement. And this is taken at your narrowest point. So not at your hips where a lot of guys wear their pants, but your narrowest point, usually around the belly button. That ratio is uh, 0.443, I believe, for men. And so... Um, you want your you want your waist measurement to be about 0.443 of your height in inches, and so what you're going to find out if you do this is it's pretty lean, and um, so you start there, and then that tells you how big your shoulders can be. And I'll tell you, since I'm about 5'10", for a 5'10 guy, the perfect uh, shoulder to waist measurements are a 31 inch waist and about 50 and a half inch shoulders, um, and those are roundabout, and that's hard to do. I mean, that is like an athlete. Now, this doesn't mean that you're not going to look good at different ratios that are near that, but it means that the closer you get to that, the more women are going to respond to that. Now, there's also measurements for women. Um, I think, uh, I think I might have this a little wrong because I think women's waists are supposed to be narrower. Um, and I'll have to dig up that ratio because we have a workout product for both men and women. But to have that golden ratio in your body, women also have a certain waist. And then for women, it's waist to hip and waist to shoulder. So the women have three measurements. Um, guys actually have three measurements too, but the lower body isn't as important. Despite That's another myth to debunk. Despite what you may think, um, the lower body is not as important to women. So if you think about, um, there are women that like it, but I read a book called Definitive Book of Body Language, and what it said was like about 30% of women like um, legs, about 30% of women like the butt, uh, sorry to be crude here, guys, and about 30% of women like chest and shoulders. So, um, and and you're, you, obviously this doesn't mean they don't like other things, it just means like 
their favorite thing, not to be crude. And then if you look up, there's actually wikis about this that we didn't write um, because this is based on other people's uh, academic research. In women, the most common marker of attraction among across all cultures is a uh, waist to hip ratio of, um, or a, a hip to waist ratio of like 1.3 or 1.4 to one. So if the waist is one, you want the hips to be 1.4 or 1.3. The research is kind of not conclusive, which of those is better. Um, but women should know, and this is another myth to, to debunk. Um, and again, guys, I'm sorry to be crude. This is only if you work out for aesthetics. If you don't care, like if you if you really know that you're not in the gym to look better to others, then don't worry about it. Um, but if you care, the research says this, and and what you find out is that 1.4 to one, that does not mean like a huge butt. It doesn't mean huge glutes. It means like a um, swimsuit, Sports Illustrated swimsuit models have been getting pretty skinny, kind of like a Kate Upton look. So she's like a more fuller figured, um, not much, you know, not much more fuller figured. Now that does not mean, I'm not trying to tell anyone that you are not beautiful, that you are not good looking guys, if you aren't these numbers. It just means like these are the optimal. So like we all have people that we think are attractive and at the same time we know they don't look like supermodels or um, Brad Pitt. So that's fine. It just means that if you want something to strive for, these seem to be the numbers to strive for. And then another myth I want to debunk guys, um, going back to the lower body. So um, a lot of guys think you need to do deadlift to uh, to get big, and um, that's not true. Um, so, so one of the reasons people think you need to deadlift and squat to get big is the hormone release. Actually, I looked it up. There is very little evidence, or well, the the post-workout hormone releases are very low. They're insignificant. So your testosterone, and again, if you can find research to the contrary. Um, one, I'd be, I'd be surprised because I did some digging myself on PubMed, Google Scholar, etc. And I found a few studies. The top studies I could find were showing that there's very little extra hormones released after a workout, no matter how much muscle you activate. So that's why guys think if you do the deadlift, you do the squat, you're activating more muscle. So they're going to get bigger, faster. Seems not to be. I can't find scientific evidence to that effect. Then the other thing is, here's the other problem with the deadlift is, and a lot of CrossFit guys, this happens to them, you get a huge ass. So if you, and squat too. And not only do you get a huge ass when you do a lot of this lower body work, you get much bigger midsection because your abs have to grow. So, um, and here's why that's bad. There is a hip measurement for guys too. And what they found is, the hip measurement for guys is only 10% bigger than your waist. So if you go and you know, get a big butt, you're not, you're not helping your look. I will tell you that. And, and this is, there are outliers. So there are men who love giant butts on women. Sorry to be crude. And, and there's women I'm sure who love bubble butts on guys. So, um, but if you're just playing the averages and you just want to look better in general, um, I think we all know, like as guys, at least I envision this and I've heard other guys say the same thing. When they first went in the gym, they weren't trying to look like Arnold. They wanted to look more like a Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt look. 
and then somehow it spiraled out of control. We call it goal hijacking, but it became, I got to look like Arnold, or at least for some guys, they get to that point and they start eating too much and spending extra time and they just want everything to be big. When they're getting actually removed from, they just wanted to look better. Well, this seems to be what looks better guys and, and girls. So anyway, and, and remember too, um, I see a lot of women doing squats, um, and it seems to be women, one, I know they care about how they look because of how they're dressed. Uh, at least that is the impression they're putting off. And two, you know, it does seem that their fat storage area is their, their glutes. And so I'll see women that the way they try to compensate, at least it seems to me, and from talking to a couple, they figure I can, lo- I can tone areas by working out the muscles. It doesn't really work that way. So for another example, guys will do this. If I just do a lot of crunches, my waist will get smaller. There's a little bit of maybe data to suggest that. I think if you deplete all the glycogen from a muscle, it does get smaller. But in general, you know, if you grow those glutes, if you grow those abs, like with weighted exercise, they're going to get bigger. Um, and that may not be what you're going for, you know. Um, so toning, toning shouldn't involve, you know, constantly putting more plates on the squat rack. Anyway, so if you don't, again, if you, I know, I know a guy, he already looks like a 1.6 to one. I mean, this is one of the most in shape individuals, top three I've ever met in my life. He looks amazing. And I said, um, you know, dude, you're like one of the very few people, like you're done. Like you're as big as you ever need to get big aesthetically. And he's like, I know, I don't care. And I said, you don't care. He's like, no, no, no. I, I work out for strength. And I was like, really? Cause I, like, I used to say I wanted to get stronger, but it was just so I could get bigger or look better. He goes, no, 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 no. I really do. Like, it makes me feel good. I want to be strong. Well, if you're him, that's fine. Just keep doing it. So anyway, guys, um, I think I'm kind of done with health myths for now. Um, I think I kind of covered the things I want to cover today. You don't got to eat more. I'm talking slang. You don't have to eat a lot to gain muscle. Um, you don't, having a lot of muscle isn't going to help you lose fat. Um, you know, eating a little bit of the good stuff, um, you can still lose weight that way. So if that helps you lose, let's, so one thing that I've done to lose weight is I let myself eat things I wanted, like a hamburger, pizza, whatever, but I kept my calories below the totals and I lost weight. That was probably healthier for me in the long run. So that's another myth I want to bust that there's so-called thing is like a healthy food. Um, it's, it's all in moderation. The definition of a poison is in the amount. So yes, there is an amount of pizza that can kill you. No, it is probably not the amount that keeps you at a healthy body weight. It probably won't kill you. Um, probably would be very hard to measure if it is making changes, if you're remaining at the same body weight. Um, and just, you know, you don't guys, you don't need to be as big as possible. You only need to be a 1.6 to one with keeping a trim waist women. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to have a giant butt. And also, you know, shoulders look good on women too. We can all think of like Jessica Biel, Jessica Alba, they have developed, they're not big and women can't get big. Well, I don't want to say they can't get big. It's more difficult. It's hard enough for guys to get big. It's also hard. It's, it's even a little harder for women because they, they have less testosterone. So, um, girls, um, you know, you can create an hourglass shape just with your shoulders. Um, so, um, 
don't look down on yourselves uh, in any way. You can make a lot of difference in the gym if that's what you're concerned about. But guys, if you have other goals and things I've talked about here, I totally support you as long as I don't, you know, as long as they're not unhealthy to your doctor. Um, and so uh, just good luck on your own fitness goals. And these have been some of mine. So uh, appreciate you guys listening. I hope you have a great evening. Bye.